Minnesota Sports, the local sports leader. Suns insider Kellen Olson joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you. Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. Well, I certainly hope if you're a listener of the Burns and Gambo Show or Arizona Sports that you have uh, been going to ArizonaSports.com. There's a reason why he's one of the very best when it comes to covering this team. Um, just a multiple part, four part, five part series previewing the Suns and the Clippers. Kellen Olson has exhausted every single resource and looked at every single angle. And he joins us now for his weekly segment here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Kellen, how you doing, man? You imagine how unhinged I'd be if I covered football and having a week of prep every week? Oh, man. Thank <laughs> you, goodness. Seriously, I'm glad you don't. I, I think you might lose your mind yeah. if you did. What was, in, in kind of thinking about this series, was there something that you unearthed in those series of articles that you wrote previewing this series that you were surprised by or that you want to extra emphasize as we're just about 48, 48 hours away from the series beginning? Yeah, to go the surprise route, I, I think that a lot of the times when you really dive, dive into series like this, it's going to be something that you easily could have thought of in three seconds as opposed to like the hours of researching it, watching back old games, all that kind of stuff, right? And the, the whole concept continuity thing, I just hadn't realized looking at it and, and looking at the numbers and all that kind of stuff that the Clippers actually have less continuity than the Suns do right now. But Not only because of the Paul George injury, but the fact that they brought in Russell Westbrook when they did. They brought in Eric Gordon when they did. And those, those are two of their five starters. And then with about two weeks to go in the regular season, Ty Lue takes out Marcus Morris and he puts in Nick Batum. So they're dealing with effectively three new starters right now in the last two weeks. And that lineup just doesn't have a ton of time together. Like, yes, Kevin Durant has only played eight games but those total minutes that those guys played, it's around 120 or so, is above that current lineup the Clippers have. So I know that continuity in those eight games have been a big talking point, but I think the Suns were pretty fortunate here to get a draw like the Los Angeles Clippers, who are their own sort of team figuring out how they play. Because, I mean, you guys know this like me. Whenever you bring in different ball handlers and new ball handlers, it's going to change the way you play a little bit. And they're a different team now with Russell Westbrook for sure. Yeah, 21 games for Russ with the Clippers compared to eight for Durant. So he did up 13 more games, which gave them a pretty good, you know, barometer. Look, anybody that gets traded, um, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, 30 games, right around 30 games for a guy that gets traded, maybe 31, 32. Buyout guys are going to be less, right? Because it's a, it's a little bit less. The guys that get bought out. Remember, the Jazz took like five days to figure it out with Russell Westbrook. What are we going to do? Do we keep him? They weren't sure what to do. And that was like a week. Like, literally, that was a week before he got there. So 21 games you know, with him, with KD, it would have been a lot more games. Um, KD, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross. I mean, that's what we—that's what we're facing. I mean, it's, there's quite a few teams in the league that have those situations right now where they don't have the continuity. But these are two teams that probably have less continuity than everybody else. Yeah, for sure. And even if you look at those 21 games, Gambo, half of those were with Paul George, and I, I don't really expect him to play in the series. Everything we've heard out of LA and just the impressions that we get, I would be surprised if if he plays in the first three or four games for sure. 
sure. And then would just be surprised if he's even out there at all. I mean, maybe we see something like we did with Anthony Davis two years ago where he's out there for the winner go home game and just gives them what they've got and it's only a couple of minutes or whatever. But uh, I think that's obviously the X factor of this entire series. I wrote a whole story about how it's Russell Westbrook, but that's looking past the obvious in which if Paul George does return, it just completely changes the dynamic on both ends of the floor. I think it really gives them the firepower that they need offensively and then defensively, of course, the versatility, the options that they would have uh, defensively. But even to go back to it offensively, I think depth has been a huge conversation piece in in this week leading up to it as well and how the Clippers have the edge there. But the difference is, who is the Clippers' second best player without Paul George? Is it Norman Powell? Is it Russell Westbrook? I don't really know. It's what the Suns were. It's what the Suns were before they made the trade. It could be McHale. It could be DA. It could be Cam. You just didn't know. Now listen, it, it could be Russell. If Russell Westbrook is that player in three or four games, that could be a real big difference for the Clippers if it's Russell Westbrook. I Russell Westbrook's a former MVP. He used to be a star in this league. He's a very good player still, but I don't know that he could be consistently be what they need him to be. I mean, maybe one game and then two games he's not, then one game he is. But for the Clippers to win, I think Russ has to be their second best player. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of the, uh, the if qualifiers here, like if Norman Powell drops 25, well, he better drop 25. Like they need someone yeah. else to drop 25. Like they need Russell Westbrook to really step up as a playmaker because Paul George was their second best playmaker in this kind of iteration before the injury. And now without it, Norman Powell, like Monty, uh, not jokingly, but just kind of said like, you know what's happening when that guy gets the ball. Like he's going to try and score. Like he's not really setting up other guys necessarily. Kawhi, not much of a playmaker either. I think that those guys, those two guys specifically are just huge to the entire picture of this series because if the Clippers can really get a big discrepancy going on the free throw line and then they can hit their threes and they have a lot of really good shooting on their team, then they're going to get there. And it's all about Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook getting downhill and into the foul and specifically for Westbrook, him kind of setting up those ball rotations to get those shooters open and getting them to go down. There's going to be one game in the series, at least one, where the Clippers hit 14, 15, 16 threes. I mean, we saw it in game two last year against New Orleans. They hit 17 threes in Phoenix and they won that game. That was a Devin Booker injury, of course. But there's going to be a game like this. This team has too many good shooters and has been shooting the ball too well recently not to have one. It's just a matter of how the Suns respond on the other end. Kellen Olsen, our Suns insider, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Maybe this is a dumb question. Maybe this isn't. Are you anticipating a different type of usage for Kevin Durant starting on Sunday for the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, Burnsy. I think that one of the things that really went under the radar with him and something that I wrote about on the site about two weeks ago was looking at those first seven games, looking at every single field goal that he scored and charting it and, and sorting it out based on where he scored and when he did. And guys, I barely found any possessions where he was like not only bringing the ball up the floor, but like scoring and pick and roll, getting downhill, dri- dribbling it inside the three-point line from like the set base uh, set that they were running essentially. And I think it's going to be a lot more of him on the ball in those scenarios. Now off the ball, the elbow actions, all that kind of stuff, he's going to be getting the ball there the majority of the time for sure. But in terms of him kind of running their offense and starting it, that's a tough ask in the middle of the season when he's been in and out and he's learning the system. But now they've had a week, they went through a really tough scrimmage today. I think you can expect far more of it because that's where you get the most value in him because you're triggering those rotations even earlier if he's on the ball. Like if they want to trap Kevin Durant, okay. Like we haven't really even gotten to see the doubles on Durant outside of like those mid-post games uh, when he is off the ball. So when he's on the ball, I expect a completely different animal, and uh, it's a pretty terrifying animal to come up against. Yeah, it is, and it's almost it was almost like deferential to book. It felt like, it. and maybe that wasn't schematically what they were trying to do, but it almost felt like deferential to book. And, and I, I just I'm thinking about the series, and 
I'm thinking about this playoffs and how it might be beneficial for him not to defer so much, right? Not to be kind of the, the not the secondary guy. He's one of the best players in the history of the NBA. Nothing against Book, but you've got one of the best players in the NBA. That's Kevin Durant out there, as Terrence Mad said a couple of days ago. Go let him be Kevin Durant. I, I, think, I think you're right. You're going to see a different version of him. Yeah. Yeah, I really do think so. And the phrase that Booker's been using a couple of times this week has been finishing it. And the way he put it is like, Kevin Durant has finished this before. So if they're in a game where the Clippers are up four and there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, you don't need to wonder who's going to have the ball and who's taking control of the situation. It's going to be that guy, the guy that's won two finals MVPs before. That's the type of superstar that they have on their hands right now. When we talked about Monty this week, we talked about the pressure that's likely on him. He had a 2 nothing lead against Milwaukee, and they lost. He had the best team in the NBA last year, and they had a 2 nothing lead against Dallas, and they lost. Lack of adjustments was a big reason why in some of those games, especially the Milwaukee the Milwaukee series, the New Orleans series, the Dallas series. How much pressure do you, do you put on Monty Williams in this series? I think that there's quite a bit, Gambo, but I do believe that it only goes as far as his coaching. What I mean by that is I think that there's a heavy emphasis on, look, he got out coached in that first round last year, and they and they won the series in six games. Like, he can get out coached, and they can still win these games. Now, of course, Suns fans hearing me say this would be like, well, how about he out coaches someone else? Like, <laughs> that, I think that's what they want to hear more of, right? They want to see him winning those battles, and I think there's for sure extra pressure on him right now because, yes, you can look forward to next year and when they have Duran in training camp and over the summer and they get a more acclimated and all that kind of stuff now, but the challenge on him to get the most out of him like with what I was just talking about for example like Durant should be bringing up the ball a lot more starting in game one starting immediately and yes that's a challenge to incorporate him and get more sets involved and all that kind of stuff and you know what's hard is teaching him the the sets of the five too but what is one of the best ways you utilize Kevin Durant especially in a playoff series by playing small with him by using him at the five so there are certain elements of just this series alone where we're going to see what Monty's done if he's improved on his own. Kellen, as always, uh, your coverage leading into this series has been great. Your coverage when the series starts will be great. We look forward to reading it all at ArizonaSports.com. You'll have this covered top to bottom, no doubt, every single day with all sorts of fresh angles and and the information everybody needs. Good stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, guys. I'll see you there Sunday.